Let me tell you, it is exciting to have you here this morning. If this is your first Sunday, this is our 18th year here on Golden Triangle. We are so, so, so fired up about Easter. You know, it happens only one time a year, but really we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ all year long. Does anybody else beside me? All right, all right. Well, as you're finding a seat, I, I just want to tell you that we have some great things going on. We have a, a, a coffee shop we're, we're building on the far west end of our property. And if you notice this morning, uh, we have even Honduras Coffee. We're supporting a mission and orphanage in Honduras by buying their coffee and selling it in our coffee shop. And if you've never had this kind of coffee, you, you, you missed it. You missed it. Let me tell you, because it is very good coffee. We're selling it to support a group of our people that are going over uh, the first part of July into Honduras to minister. Uh, it is at the back. If you would like a bag, it's $15. Also, some of our friends from Brazil uh, made a dessert uh, for $5 also to support our missions trip. All this money goes to the uh, missions trip, and it's called... Brigadier. I was going to say Bangladesh, but that's not it. Brigadier. So anyway, uh, we just uh, want you to, to have at it. You know, for Easter, it'll be a great, uh, have a cup of coffee and a Bangladesh on us. All right. All right. Brigadier. Wonderful chocolate. And with the caffeine in the coffee and the chocolate, you'll be, whoo, best Easter yet. Anyway. Man, it's good to see everybody this morning. Man, I tell you what, you know, after 18 years here, we've seen so many good faces and... All right, let's keep going. We've seen so many faces and we just had a, a great time expressing the love of God to our community. We're hoping that the coffee shop on a regular basis, it'll be open pretty much every day but Sunday. Uh, Be careful for falling chairs. I tell you what, let's pray. God, thank you for a wonderful day that we could come together and celebrate, God, your resurrection. Father, and, and to be able to again tell the love story of how much you love us. In your wonderful name we pray, amen. This morning... I want you to understand that the reason why Easter is such a big deal to the Christian, if you don't know already, that we believe, as it was told in the book of Genesis, that God created man and woman and put them in the garden and gave them everything that they would need and really everything that they wanted. But man chose the one thing to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because of that, sin came into the world. God had given authority to man, but really man had given it up by the temptation of Satan to the enemy. But I want you to know, in that whole story of the love that God had for man and creating man, when they fell into sin, at that moment, God had a plan to bring man back to himself to have a relationship with him. Now, when you think about that, really the Bible is a love story, a love letter to us. When you stop and think that Jesus Christ came to this place called earth 
to die for us that we could receive him and our sins could be forgiven. Wow. The Bible says that for a good man, maybe someone would to die. But, but for us that were sinners, that Christ died at the perfect time when we were powerless, when we were full of sin, and he gives us the choice to serve him. In a little bit, at the end of this service, I guess, I'm going to hand out what is called the ABCs of Christianity. And how many can remember back in kindergarten and then in first grade, some of second grade, you know, the ABCs? And the ABCs kind of set in motion a whole process of knowledge because with the ABCs, we could learn how to read, but also we could learn how to write and communicate. It's kind of like that in Christianity when you realize the ABCs could be just in a nutshell described like this, that A, that we admit that we were sinners and that we were born into sin. B, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah that has come and that He can do what He says that He can do, and that is forgive us of our sins. C, that we confess that He is Jesus. He is Lord over our life. You know, when somebody has presented that story, the love story of Easter, really we're all confronted with the decision of how to see Jesus. See, C.S. Lewis said it this way, either you see Jesus as a liar, because Jesus said he was the Messiah, the Son of God, or you see him as a lunatic, you know, a cray-cray, somebody that's just off their bat because he says he's the Messiah. Or the third way is you can actually see Him as Lord, the Son of God. This morning, I hope you understand that He is very precious to me because He died for me and my sins are forgiven because I've received Him into my life. It's very special that He is my Savior, that He forgave me of my sins and will forgive me of my sins that I commit tomorrow and the day after what He did on the cross. But the grace that he gives me, the ability to say, God, I love you so much. Thank you for coming to earth and dying for me. I receive you. I have chosen not just to make him Savior of my life, but Lord of my life. And to make Jesus Lord of your life, there's something more than just saying, I believe in him. It is having a relationship with him. Now this morning, you know as well as me that there's something about proximity to somebody, that the distance, the relationship is closer to somebody and more deeper the closer you are to them. For example, I remember uh, March 19, 1988. That was my wedding day. When I made a commitment Everybody in that church, just shortly after this little blonde-headed lady walked up the aisle, and her dad gave me that look as I took him from her. And I made a commitment, and let me tell you, it was so easy. The only thing better than the wedding was the honeymoon, if you know what I mean. We, we, we celebrated, we celebrated, it was wonderful. Oh, hallelujah. The song was on my lips and I could sing it. I love. Did, did I say that we just celebrated 30 years of anniversary? 
It sounds good, but you know what? It's been a fight. To stay in love, because you know what I realized? Love is a choice. Love isn't something that, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're in that puppy love in junior high, you think, I'm just going to get up every morning and just, la, 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 la. But love is a choice. And it takes discipline on my part. It takes focus on my part because there's so many things that get in the way of my relationship with Gwen. Really, it's like that with God. If you could just have a verbal picture of something for a minute. If you could get to lay your head on the chest of Jesus and to hear his heartbeat. Just in, in that verbal picture of picturing yourself so close that you could hear his heartbeat. That you would have a relationship that would last not just a few years on this earth, but throughout eternity. Because see, God says in His Word, John chapter 3, 16, this isn't mine. Most people know this and have heard it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should have eternal life. Not just life, but eternal life. Should not perish, but have eternal life. I don't know about you, but I want eternal life. I want to live for all eternity with Him. So let me just tell you, the closer that I get to Jesus, let me tell you, it's kind of like that wedding day. It's kind of like, oh, because I can hear the heartbeat of Jesus. I know the will that he has for my life and all the storms of life kind of come into focus. But speaking for John Miller, even though I wish Easter happened every day, just like my wedding, I wish it, happen kind of every day as far as my relationship with my wife. But the truth of the matter is, life goes on. Life goes on. Life goes on. We get to go to bed. We get to get up and do our thing. We go to bed. We get up and do our thing. And really, it's the distractions that come between me and Jesus. It's kind of like if Jesus was back there and by the door and I could, I could get real close and I could hear his heartbeat. But as life goes, I tend to want to back up a little bit and put this in my life, put that in my life. And that distraction gets my attention. See, the Word of God kind of gives us an example of this. Because how wonderful the Word of God brings us to the relationship with Jesus Christ. Really, the Word is Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, meaning Jesus. The Word gives us the relationship of reading His Word. The Bible says it this way. Jesus was talking to the people, kind of probably just like I'm talking to you, and He told a parable in Mark chapter 4. And it's a kind of an unusual story, but then he explains it later to his disciples. He says this, A farmer went out and he began to plant seed. But in that time, it was kind of an odd way of planting. He just began to cast his seed on ground, on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. And Jesus said that this farmer planted some and it fell on the paths. And it went along until birds could come down and boom, eat it right off the path. 
Another soil that the farmer planted on was rocky places. And because of the rock, if, if you live where I do, it's a lot of rocks. It's sometimes hard to plant even grass. And Jesus said on the rocky pat, plat, uh, places that the, the dirt was so shallow that it, the grass or the, the plant, the, the seed could not bear fruit. It, it couldn't go because the root couldn't go down so far. When the sun came up, it scorched it. It, it really couldn't grow. Jesus said then another ground was a place where the farmer planted seed and right as it's coming up and you're seeing it, then there were all kinds of thorns that grew around it and choked it out and made it not fruitful. And then the fourth soil was good soil. And the seed that fell on good soil produced 30, 60, and even a hundredfold what was planted. Everybody knows uh, uh, an ear of corn, and we've eaten, oh, corn's good. One kernel, one little seed of that corn produced that whole ear of corn. Jesus gets his disciples by themselves later, and they ask, what in the world was that story all about? And he said this, let me explain it. He said, the seed is a representation of the Word of God. Now again, we're talking about having a relationship with Jesus Christ to the point that we can hear his heartbeat. And Jesus said, the seed is like the word of God. And the first group of people that heard the word of God, they received it with joy. Oh, happy day. But it says that the enemy, Satan, comes down and steals it. And it doesn't produce. Maybe you know somebody today that's in your life that heard the word of God and they got excited but it wasn't long until the enemy just came in and the pressures of life and stole it away from them. The second group of people heard the word of God, and it's just like the rocky places. They never really got roots into the word of God. It, it never really was able to spring up and have life to produce grain. The fourth one was the group of people that produced 30 and 60. In other words, the Word of God really transformed their life and they received the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I think that's where we're all shooting for. But I want to talk about the third group of people. And Jesus said, it's like the thorns. It's like people that hear the Word of God and they're so excited, and they begin to grow, and then the distractions start setting in. He says the distractions are this. He says it is the worries of life. <clears throat> it is the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. Distractions. Hey, over here! Distractions. See, whatever gets your attention will get your focus. And whatever gets your focus determines your direction. And your direction determines your destiny. Not good intentions. We can all, as I've said many times, get on a bus and we get out here on I-35 and we're headed north towards Oklahoma and we're all celebrating, high-fiving because we're going to go to see the Alamo. Fiesta, siesta, we're going to have a great time. See, that's our intention. We're going to go to San Antonio. But anybody that knows direction, no, you're going in the wrong way. 
Everybody knows that you should be heading south. Good intentions aren't going to get you there. Direction. And whatever gets your attention will get your focus. You know, when life yells, over here! It's just trying to get your attention off of the heartbeat of Jesus. Now, now this morning, I, I have a confession to make. The distractions of the gentleman that got up with the phone call and left right in the middle. The chairs that fell. I'm guilty. I set it up. I heard a laugh from my son that was one of them. Maybe you thought, who is the guy back there with the chairs? Why can't that? Because probably chances are it got your attention. And your attention wasn't on me speaking about the love of God. This morning, that was not planned right there. <laughs> I, I told our ushers there's going to be some distractions, so don't tackle anybody, you know. So, so this morning, I, I, as, as we're talking about Easter, I, I just want to quickly show you how the Easter story is developing and, and, and the people are heading towards Jerusalem for the, the Passover. And, and, and you know the story where Jesus is going to come and, and, and at the Passover he's going to go to the upper room and have the last supper as we do today and in, in taking communion, the Lord's Supper. Then he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane and he begins to pray. Then, then after that, he is arrested. He is taken before Herod, taken before Pilate, crucified. He's put into the tomb. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. He was seen by his disciples. And then there was an ascension into heaven. Now, now here's the good news. That as we hear about Easter, we celebrate that we serve a powerful God because he's risen from the grave. Death, the enemy that we know and Satan cannot keep him down. Let me tell you, we as Christians go, woohoo! But let me tell you about distractions. The first person that I want to use is the Apostle Peter. And I want to use him as the worries of life. Here he is, and he's been walking with Jesus for three years, and he's right there with Jesus, and he's being taught. He's seeing the miracles. Do you know that Peter is considered probably the first pope by the Catholic Church? Do you know why? Because of the part in the Word of God where it says that when Jesus looked at him and said, who do you say that I am? Not what all the people are saying, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Which Jesus knew it was a eureka moment because he said, on that revelation, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And here's Peter, and I'm sure he's like, dun, 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 because they had argued all this time of who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. I just moved up on the ladder. How can a man go from all that power to the point of the next scene that we see? Watch this. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Passover feast time, right before Jesus is arrested. And, and, and Jesus tells his disciples to pray. And he goes by himself and he prays. And he comes back and they are snoring. They are asleep. And Jesus says, guys, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Just like a lot of us. Got it. 
Jesus goes again to pray and they fall back asleep. There's something about spending time with God that clears out the distractions in our life. But you can see how Peter begins to, to fall asleep. And just at the moment when he wakes up, the soldiers are coming to arrest Jesus to take him really into trial. And the Bible says that he had not been praying and he falls into temptation. Why? Because he takes out a sword and lops off the ear of one of the soldiers or one of the men there at the, the arrest. Good thing that Jesus was there because he picks up the ear and puts it back on. They take Jesus and Peter follows behind and Jesus is taken in before Herod and he's outside, Peter's outside and this servant girl, there's always one in there, there's always one. And this servant girl comes by and goes, that guy is one of the disciples. And Peter said, no I'm not, no I'm not. And it says later that he's in another place and the servant girl is there again. There she is. There's always one. And she says, I'm sure that he was a disciple. He was with the Nazarene. Peter then says, no, it was not me. And again, denying Jesus twice. The third time is later when a group of people are standing around him later in the night and he calls down curses. He's so mad and says, I don't know him. How many knows that the worries of life can back you off from the love of God, not, not the love of God, but you are personally allowing that distraction to come into your life to the place that you don't believe the love of God anymore in your life. The worries of life. Have you ever thought what it causes a mother after she's just given birth to a new baby? What causes that that depression to set in and to think that she can't be a good mother. I think it's the worries of life. I know people that are paralyzed that get a great job in the first night, right before they start, they can't hardly sleep and they're, they're nervous, they got butterflies because they're worried that they're not going to be able to perform the job. There's people that have gone through life over and over and thinking that they're not going to be enough. It, it, it's just, you know, they can worry about anything. I, want, I, wonder, I wonder if I'm going to graduate from kindergarten. I wonder if I'm going to graduate from high school, from college. I wonder if I'm going to get married. I bet I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be an old maid. I tell you what, I, 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 got, I got married. I wonder if he or she's going to love me. I don't know if I can be loved in it. They just worry, worry, worry about everything. The, the, the heartbeat of Jesus grows fainter and fainter because the worries of life has become a distraction in. The pessimists that, that just allow the worries of life to suck the life out of them because they're always worried. The distraction that they're not bearing the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, the self-control. The second person that I want to use in the Easter story is Judas Iscariot. And I want to use him for the deceitfulness of wealth. And the thing about, oh, Judas, is everybody knows him as the thief, but but I want you just for a minute to realize that Jesus chose him just like all the other disciples. I think that he had a relationship with Jesus. I think that he loved Jesus. But something came into his life as a distraction that yelled, Over here! Over here! Notice me! 
Get your focus on me. And that was the deceitfulness of riches. Now watch this. The Bible says that one time as Jesus is going to the cross, going to the Passover, he goes to Mary and Martha's house, the, the sister, sisters of Lazarus that he had raised from the dead. And the Bible says that they're eating in Jesus' honor and Mary, in honor of Jesus, takes out a very expensive perfume. This is in the last part of Matthew. And, and, and she begins to wash, her, wash his feet with that expensive perfume and the aroma fills the whole place. And somebody, you got it, Judas steps up and goes, Hey, hey, hey! That should have been sold and given to the poor. Now, if it ended right there, you go, wow, Judas, what a guy. But the Bible says that he didn't really care for the poor. The Bible says that he was the keeper of the money bag for the ministry of Jesus that belonged to Jesus. And that oftentimes that he would put his hand in the bag and take whatever he wanted. He was a thief. Isn't that something that's hard to hear that he was a thief because of the distraction of the deceitfulness of wealth that snuck in his life that again caused proximity difference he backed off of the love of God and began to believe that wealth was his answer now now again we look at that and we say how in the world could anybody do that and then sometimes we look at our lives and we go I hear it all the time, Pastor, if I won the lottery, boy, the church wouldn't ever have a financial problem. I wonder, I wonder what they're going to do with all the other. You see, my answer to all my problems is just more money. Because stuff is the answer, Pastor. If I could just have more money. The Bible says that after Jesus said, leave Mary alone. What she's doing is in honor of my death. Watch this. It said the next paragraph in Matthew says that Judas went out, went to the chief priests and elders and said, what will you give me for Jesus if I deliver him to you? They counted out 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment on, he looked for an opportunity to trade Jesus for that money. Bang. In today's money, it's about $600. He traded Jesus for $600. If I could just have $600, boy, it's going to make my day. And all of a sudden, Judas begins to let a distraction get his focus, determine his direction. The third group of people that I want to use in the distraction story is what I call the Palm Sunday group. These are people that were there on Palm Sunday. Now, you know, if, you, if you've been at our church, because we celebrate last Sunday, Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday was the Sunday when Jesus is coming in, riding on a donkey, and the people, the large group that are there, they begin to put down their coats and palm branches so that he can ride over them. And they're yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, is he that comes in the name of the Lord. What were they doing? See, they were saying, I've got the answer. I've got the answer. And it's Jesus. He's going to deliver us from the Romans and all the tyranny, all the wickedness that they're doing to the Jewish people. 
Jesus is the Messiah, which they thought the Messiah was there to save them from Rome. The Palm Sunday group will demonstrate the distraction, watch this, of the desires for other things. The other things in our life. Our goals. Our personal will. Not God's will for our life, but my, my choices. My, my, mine. The desire for other things. Addictions in our life. That we want to so bad to, to have a state change. Something else. A desire for just other things. You, you see people all the time allow these distractions into their life. And they go, over here, over here. If you just taste this, try that, smoke that. The desire for other things than Jesus. See, the Palm Sunday group was there because they were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And as Jesus rode in, I want you to see this because he rides in on a donkey and they're yelling, Hosanna is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Because at the Passover is a feast that celebrates when the Jewish people were in Egypt and they're coming out of captivity and the last plague was the death angel that came over the whole place of Egypt and anybody that didn't have the blood of a lamb that was over the doorpost of their house the firstborn would be killed. But God told his people, if you sacrifice a lamb and put its blood over the doorpost, I will recognize you as my child and I'll pass over. Here's these people and they're yelling, Hosanna is he that comes in the name of the Lord, never realizing that Jesus was the lamb on the day that he would give his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins, that they could live for eternity. The desire for other things. One week later from Palm Sunday, really, to Friday, is when Jesus was crucified. Pilate brings Jesus out, and he cannot find any fault with him. And, and, and Pilate brings out Jesus to the crowd, and he thinks, I've got an idea. I'm going to trick all these chief priests and elders, all the religious guys, and I'm going to ask them, who do you want, Barabbas, or do you want Jesus? And they're going to cra- they'll be crazy not to have Jesus. I mean, they love Jesus. And so he brings them out, and they yell, Barabbas! Have you ever wondered, what in the world got in their mind? What was the distraction? It was the desire for other things. If you read the text and you go back, you understand that the people that were yelling on Palm Sunday, Hosanna is he that comes in the name of the Lord, really thought, we know he's here. And the reason is to deliver us from Rome. But one week later, they're seeing Jesus in captivity in front of the Romans and thinking, he doesn't have any power. He's not who we thought he was. We have a desire for other things. Barabbas was somebody that was about ready to be crucified for his crimes. He was a rebel and had led a whole rebellion against Rome. And so at this moment, they chose the one that they thought would make the biggest difference in their life. The desire for other things. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus has 37 recorded miracles. He did many more than that. But these are the people that actually with their own eyes saw him raise people from the dead. 
They, they saw and heard about him uh, healing a man born blind or healing people of leprosy. Never, never, do you hear me? Never had that happened. They had seen Jesus teach them and give them a better way of life, a better way of thinking. He had fed several thousands at a time with just five loaves and two fishes. But they got to the place and they acted like a mob of what now do I want? What is the desire of other things in my life? And it's not Jesus. A group of people that allowed a distraction to come in. That said, over here, over here, look over here. And it changed their focus away from the love of God on their life, on the desires for other things. This morning. To kind of give you one more illustration that all of us have to deal with every Easter that we realize the wonderful story of the love of God and the plan that he brought to love man, to bring man back to him and have a relationship. Do you hear me? It was such a loving relationship that he wants. He says, I will go to earth and die for the sins of man. Can you imagine when you come to know Christ and hear about the Easter message that you can hear the heartbeat of Jesus and you get so close? And you begin to hear the heartbeat. And there's something about it that you just, oh, I, I know what to do. I know that the Word of God has given me a, a new way of thinking and it's a transformation that's taken place in my life. You've felt it like I have if you've been a believer. And, and you say, you know what? I've received Jesus Christ into my life and I've made Him personal, not only Savior, but Lord of my life. The Word of God, the seed, is planted in your heart. It's not too long after that that the enemy comes in a distraction. And all of a sudden, there, there's a kind of a different beat going on. And all of a sudden, you go, what in the world? That, that's not the heartbeat of God. And, and it's things in our life that continually get our attention off of the love of God for our life and get us on that kind of that cadence and that beat. And we're going, wait just a minute. I, I'm kind of confused here. Let me tell you, this, this culture that we live in, you know as well as me, that it seems so good to have technology, doesn't it? Do you know that they said that one day when we have washing machines and dryers and dishwashing machines, we won't work but about two hours a day. But we work more. We work more. And another distraction comes, and, and it's social media, and we begin to get all distracted, and we begin to, I wonder if Jimmy is going to eat a piece of pizza today. <laughs> Distractions. It has created people with attention deficit disorder, where we just have to be busy all the time. And another distraction, so the worries of life come. I wonder if anybody loves me. I wonder if, if there's anybody that really cares for me. And all of a sudden, another beat, and, and we can't even hardly hear the heartbeat of God anymore because of all the things that are going on. And then we hear the deceitfulness of riches. If I only could get a promotion at work, if I could buy a bigger, better, if, if I could just get a car that had that chrome package, I'd be a better person. 
then the desires for other things come into our life. If I just, if I could just not be so unhappy anymore. If I could have maybe something, some medication, or if I could have some kind of drink that would make me feel happy. I'm just so tired. And I can't hear, I can't hear the heartbeat of God anymore. I just, and it seems like the more that I entertain that, the more that it just becomes pounding. It's hard to get up in the morning. The psalmist said it this way, my life seems to be falling apart, but God, your word brings a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Until finally, I have to say, stop. I have to make the choice. And I say, God, I got to have you. I got to return to my first love. The heartbeat that God, that I can hear your love for me. God, I'm sorry I've been distracted by life and all the things that come in to choke out. God, what you have for me. God, you came because you loved me and died on the cross for me. God, let me just spend time with you. God, never let me allow again to let things, the distractions, come into my life. God, I love you. This morning, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, to realize that the Bible says, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that if we continue in the sin, that the wages of sin is death. But this morning, the Easter message is the good news is that Jesus came to give us life. That if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we would be saved. This morning, you might be here and you say, Pastor, I've allowed the distractions of life to come in and still my my, my ability to hear God's will for my life and, and to experience again that first love that I had with Him. This morning, I want to pray with you. Because again, just like our choice, is a choice to love God it is an action choice that we put action with it. And it's going to take action on your part. It's going to take focus. It's going to take discipline on your part. So this morning, right where you're at, If you're in that place, maybe you've just gotten busy. Maybe you've allowed the worries of life or the deceitfulness of riches or even the desires for other things to crowd out your love of God. And you'd say today, God, forgive me of my sins. I ask you into my heart to purify me from all unrighteousness. I choose you, God. I choose you. Would you pray with me? Father, 
We thank you so much for your love for us. That you sent Jesus that willingly came to seek and to save those that were lost, and that's us. And Father, is your children, that God, that we celebrate Easter knowing the love story. But Father, we do not want to be like the seed that fell on the path or the rocky places or God, the, the distractions of life with the soil of thorns. But God, that we want to allow our hearts to receive all that you have for us, that we might become all that we could be for you. This morning, I thank you for those that have made commitments to you this morning and decisions to follow you. Father, now I hope that they can make a public confession to the people in their life, their family and friends, that they choose you. We thank you for that, God. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.